0: Hello, cakesies. You can't blame me. You <laughs> can't blame me. It's not my fault. Welcome to Sports Podcast it Ends with the Question Mark, but starts with on Thursdays. It starts with a guest. And today's guest is my dear friend who I love so much. And I can't stop smiling because I'm seeing her face. It's Cassidy Hubbard.
1: Oh my God. Did you, <laughs> you really just started that like that. Mm-hmm. Little
0: cakesies.
1: That's cute. Yeah, it's what I call my daughter. It just, you know, it comes out. Um, She's going to be traumatized. She's going to think that she's food later on.
0: But if you're going to be a food, cake is pretty good. The best one to be. (laughs) Cassie, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy to have you here. We started talking before this and we both were like, stop, let's save it for the pod. But so I just want to tell you that I'm so happy that you're here. You are, uh, and I don't want to be the only one that says this, I don't want to take credit for being the person who says this, widely known as just the nicest. Kindest person that works here. Everybody I talk to speaks of you as highly as I think of you. You are just pulled them all. Yeah, I don't know what's up. I don't know where your demons are hiding. But I've probably told the story here before. It's my go to Cassidy story of like, no, you don't understand. She's the nicest woman. We were at New Fronts. I believe we had just met officially. And you were asking me if I had eaten anything and then you got somebody to get food so that I could have a granola bar for new fronts. And I was just like, why are you? How did you know? And why because, are you so nice? But well, they had you do this whole monologue. Like, you know, just you with like
1: a spotlight on you with a bunch <laughs> of, like, like, yes, you are a performer, but it's just different, you know? Um, When all of our bosses were there and all these people were looking at you, and you—I think—did you just come aboard? I'm—I'm not even sure because I've been a Katie Nolan fan. Maybe it was like a year, but like I just—you know—and I could see it. I could see, you know, that you needed some food because you were you were you were worried about your monologue, which you absolutely killed. I don't
0: even remember it, Cass. I don't. I have no memory of it.
1: But here's the thing: like, you like I saw it in. I saw some of it in in um, rehearsals, and then I saw it live. And what the brilliance was is that like, you kind of just changed it and like, you know, just rolled with the flow and I that's your genius. Up. No, that's you didn't, but that's, but there, therein lies your genius. It's another thing, like I was talking with Jacoby, you know, everyone's big brother who we, who we love. Um, and, you know, he's seen a lot of talent and I think it was like, we were sitting at the Seaport studios and we were talking about um, your show and how he said he's never seen a live performer like you in what? his life. Yes. What? Yes. Like he said that cuz your monologue that you would do at the beginning of your show what, what 5 minutes or so? Oh, like, like 12
0: I, it, minutes at the end. 12
1: minutes and you would <laughs> never mess oh, up and no. even when you mess up you may, you make you you made the best out of it. So anyways, I just wanted to, you know, compound the story of that upfront with what Jacoby said, because it's true. You, you know, you have that, um, brilliance to you. What were we talking about before I we, oh, I'm only nice to people yeah. I care about. I'm, um, I'm really not that nice. Like yes, I'm you, actually, yes, you are. no, here's the thing. Like I am a terrible, um, small talker. Okay. Like I could be looked at as someone who is cold because I'm not k- popping up to you and like you know, starting conversation about um, whatever current events. But, like, if I care about you, I'm in deep. So,
0: like, you can be nice and not be warm. People think that women have to be warm in order to be – I'm not all that warm. But it's just – you have this, like, way about you. You're very calming and comforting and uplifting. Like, when we worked the ESPYs, I had so much fun with you. I was in such a bad place personally. But I had so much fun. We had such a good time. And you were so good at, like, making sure – I felt included because it was, uh, you know, yeah. you and Diana who are very close, which we should talk yes. about at some point. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just think you're such a wonderful person and I'm so happy that you were able to do this podcast and I was so afraid to ask you because you're so busy. No.
1: I, would, I told you, I'm like honored and I've been like talking to my husband. I talked to Di. I'm like, I'm nervous about this pod because I'm really what? not that interesting. Like, <laughs> I've been listening to all your pods. I'm like, yes, L Duncan, force, get it. You know, I even uh, Rachel Nichols, like- um, you know, everyone's like, like who, who we aspire to be as a journalist, Get it? Like, um, Randy Scott like opened up my eyes to just further appreciating just the like, you know, I who doesn't love Randy Scott? I think he's one of the most brilliant anchors we've had. You know, um, OG to now, and just to hear his um, story and his vulnerability, and the conversations you guys had um, about just what this year has been for you. Um, publicly privately in your own heads like all of that i not i don't i don't got a lot going on what are other you than,
0: talking about
1: <laughs> you're, like, you're working you're out there doing the i'm shit. not fishing um, for compliments i'm just like i have I no know. idea what we're going to talk about um well, but, so not, but let's luckily, talk you don't
0: have to worry about that the whole goal of this podcast is like show up as you are and let's just chat you know, I don't have a, an agenda. I got no questions. I just am gonna ask you the things I genuinely want to know. And the number one thing I think is like I, I adore you. I would call you a friend. And I, but I do barely know anything about you. I know you're <laughs> from Chicago, right? I'm from Evanston, which is uh, you know on the border of Chicago.
1: Is it like it's 15,
0: twenty? Fifteen minutes? from
1: fifteen from downtown. Okay. So it's where Northwestern is. It's I don't basically know
0: anything about Chicago.
1: Um, it is an incredible city it 's a great American city. Anyone who says it 's like new york doesn 't know either city it's um, New York is a great international city it 's it's, it's complex um, chicago it 's complex in its own ways, but it is a great american city it is It has incredible summers. I think when people say Chicago has the best summers it 's in relation to having the worst winters so yes. Um, yes. we we definitely go hard in the summertime. Um, but it's just it's 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 midwest uh good great food i would say chicago um restaurants are on par if not in some regards better than than new york at times some people may come some people may come some some people may come for me but (laughs) no i think i think i think chicago um the restaurant scene here's another thing what you would appreciate this and someone and boston's very good at this new york and this is coming from someone who can be officially called a New Yorker because I've been here and lived here for uh, 11 years now. Damn. Um, uh, New York has no, I, I, can, I know I can cuss because here's the
0: thing, I cuss a lot,
1: um, has no f-
0: sports bars. Like none. Yeah. It's really, and every time we get one within a couple of weeks, it transforms into one of those like club sports. It's bars. awful. Where they don't play the like audio bottle yeah. service. I yes, trust. I don't want to
1: hear you know, Cotton Eye Joe if, yeah. if the NBA
0: playoffs are on. I and don't know why- I, can... like, I love a sports dive bar. But it you can't tell me that dive bars are sports bars. Because they're, it's two yes. different audiences. I Correct. associate dive bars with like music scene almost. Right. More than I right. associate it with the sports scene. And so it's like right. you do need specific and they should be. Everywhere. Whenever I yes. see a bar in New York that doesn't have TVs, I'm like, "Right, what are we going And every here? single time, and no disrespect because I know you're a soccer fan, but every single time I see a bar with a TV, it's, it's soccer. a soccer game. Well, like <laughs> said, <laughs> it's an international city. It's an, it's international, an international city. city. We're and Chicago. the good thing, the good thing is if you do like soccer, the only thing that will get me up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday is I can go to a bar and they're open and they're yes. showing a soccer game and right. you can drink beer for it. And that you know what? is a fun experience. And like I think watching a soccer game,
1: even though I've never done it, on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock, maybe with a mimosa—that sounds relaxing. Enjoy,
0: yeah. like enjoyable. It's like a nice but community moment.
1: I don't think I'll do it anytime soon, but like I will live vicariously <laughs> through you. But Chicago has yeah, a lot of sports, sports bars, bars. Yeah. like on every corner, and they're fantastic. Boston too. Um, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, I like it's a it's a great, it's a good it's a critique. City. It's a fair and a good critique. Do not come for her. If you come for her, you got to mess with me and why am I intimidating? Wearing my old softball shorts from when I used to play. And I think it's putting me back in this mental headspace of like, you're a competitor. But really my muscles are just jello from a year of being in my house.
1: I wish I I wish I played softball, but it was the same season as soccer. And you so played, never... didn't you play three sports? Uh, yeah, I played, I well, look, I played basketball and I played soccer. And then I just added cross country to stay in shape.
0: Yeah, so. that's three sports, Cass, so. Even yeah. if you say it in that voice, it still counts as one, two, three.
1: But it it worked against me because like my so- I don't know how it was with you growing up, but I was like um, at that point where like club sports were really starting to take over, mm-hmm. and it was like the way for you to get scholarships and um, the soccer people like basically you know hated me because I was like a I mean it's it's a long enough away that I can humble brag. I was really good at soccer. Yes. Um, and I think I deserved some state awards, but because yeah. I, I didn't play club, you know, they wouldn't give it to me because it was political. That Not that I'm nuts. holding any grudges no, clearly. or anything. I mean,
0: air it out. The statute of limitations is fast. <laughs> fast.
1: Get in but, but basketball was my favorite sport. Um, and so I was never going to give up basketball, but I peaked too early
0: in my yeah, basketball career happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was on varsity early on and then I didn't work on my left. And so oh. I just, you know, I, yeah, my, my, my athletic career is a big regret because I feel like it could have, I could have been something. <laughs>
0: did you play anything in college? No, you just, no, me too. And so there's no judgment there. I went to college people are like, did you play softball in college. I'm like, no, I wasn't that no. good. <laughs> I did club um,
1: basketball yeah. Uh, and some indoor soccer to get some aggression out on people. But, um, but no, I, I went, I jumped right into, you know, broadcast journalism stuff. Cause is I that mean, what you majored what in? Do. You didn't
0: start at Northwestern. You started. No. At
1: Illinois. Illinois. Yes. Because I got a, I got a, like enough financial aid and grants and all of that, that like, basically it was like a full ride. And my mom was like, you're going there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, ga- I gave it a year and I was like, I've done all of the radio Like all the things that I think I can do to help fulfill my, um, you know, whatever interest in, in passion I have for broadcasting. I just don't have it here. I want to go back to Evanston and my dad had cancer, um, which he's, he's cancer free now, but he had throat cancer. And so like, I just, I was like a mess my freshman year. Um, and I had a terrible boyfriend that I like from, oh, God, from, from high all. school. Oh, oh, he was the worst. But you know what? He taught me so many things. He taught me, he was the, the worst value. person. Thank you next, essentially. The, well, yes. Um, I just wish I hadn't said that like you know thank you next and then the next was him again and Oh, then Cassie, him again oh no, come on you can't go <laughs> like backwards. He was, wait he was like you know he was he was he's the worst he doesn't get his name said but he was the worst if you do still stalk me and listen to things um you you're suck. the worst you're and you still dork- owe, you still owe my family money so oh <laughs>
0: what god what an we all must
1: have one of them me too but you we know what he taught learned. me so many lessons and that's mm-hmm. how I you know that's how I immediately thanks. saw my future husband and was like oh that's what a man's oh, supposed to be oh this
0: is what i'm looking for and <laughs> yes. that was a big mistake
1: big, hey, big mistake hey that's okay
0: mistakes happen and you know Cheers. what they have to go keep being mistakes they don't get mm-hmm. to break up with themselves they have to stay themselves forever and that's exactly. thanks for them so we pity them Uh, so you went to, so you said Northwestern is in where you, the town that you grew up in. So I lived at at home home. Mm -hmm.
1: and you know, Northwestern's very expensive. Um, and you know, I, I, I grew up wealthy as far as I had all of the love in the entire world, but you know, my parents, um, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. We, we had six people living in a two bedroom house with one half like basically like
0: oh my
1: god one bathroom
0: which some people are girls? sounds like
1: no to uh, my mom okay and my and my lola but like but it's still it was just um you know I, I i wouldn't change it for the world um and I, I think to some people listening that may also sound like you know so fortunate and i really was but um I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> you lived at home in college. Oh, I lived at home. So I had to, um, you know, I, and I had to work full time while I was at Northwestern. Man. Um Because I just knew I, I knew I wanted to go there. And I don't know how my parents figured it out. Like, I think my mom, like, Took out multiple loans. I think I'm still somewhat paying them back today. I don't even know. <laughs> I think like we took out like a loan that we need to pay for like the rest of our life. <laughs> but you know, they my mom figured it out. I don't know how she did, and um, I was able to graduate. You know, in three years from Northwestern. So Damn. I did. I did summer school too, just so I could. My God, Cassidy, you just
0: work, work, work. Where is your work ethic from? My parents. My parents.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, my, you know, I don't know. I guess I just, uh, I've always just kind of like just kept going. Like I, I, I've i been, I've had this conversation with my husband, like I I'm, I can be lazy. Like I like my downtime, yeah. but when I'm, when I need to work, like I'm working. Um, and it's been interesting kind of like balancing that now with motherhood. Cause it's like, it's hard to figure out like where my, my energy goes to as far as like putting my head down and focusing. Um, But, you know, so that's been a a bit of a transition. I think like before um, having my daughter, like it was easy for me to just kind of consume myself and work um, and, you know, work hard because I've never been like, never been, you know, like the smartest person in my classes. Like I've always just been someone who works really hard and gets results from hard work but it not like naturally smart or like you can even see it in my presentation on air like i'm not the most poised i'm gonna flub probably every stand-up i have i'm gonna maybe use a word wrong (laughs) but like i you know i i i know my and um you know i will put in the work but i'm i'm just not ever going to be like- You're so hard like, on
0: yourself. I can't let you- I am. You I'm Virgo energy.
1: You, Virgo you, energy.
0: I listen to you when you do your stand ups, And to me, I'm like a lover because it's authentic. I feel like you are authentically you, whether you, you know, if you trip over a word, which I don't think I've ever heard you do, but- you All know, the time. Your word for it, it, it. You just sound, you speak like you. You don't speak like- Hi! Thanks so much. I'm Cassidy Hubbard, You just heard- I used
1: to though. Well, everybody, I knows. used to. I used
0: to too. I used to deliver oh, jokes like, voice. waka waka, like it was no. really painful. No, painful. I no because
1: I I watched you like I watched you on your YouTube clips. I was one of the people who was talking to Jacob Ullman at Fox and was like, this (laughs)
0: person, shout out one of the nicest people in the the world. The man who said, you need to take that nose ring out if we're going to put you on TV. And I was like, what? (laughs) "What?"
1: (laughs) The things we cared about too when we were younger. Oh my God, so stupid. So
0: stupid. No, but I told
1: him, I told him, I go, that's a star. That you have a star. Um, I mean, you already were a star before you no, joined shut wild, up. But, Cassidy, No, you I were. don't think I understand.
0: you understand. You, just for everyone, let me just paint a picture up for our listeners real quick, and then you can go back to the lies that you're telling them. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here in my on a futon in the spare bedroom that I've been making TV out of but have yet to redecorate because I'm that bad at getting things like that done. It's been a year. Uh, having just got out of the shower in my pajamas with no makeup on, except I'm lying, I put on concealer because I didn't want Cassidy to judge me. And Cassidy's no here judge. with her hair full done with her hoops in and her beautiful clothes always a- have to have telling hoops telling me i'm a is star because i Those couldn't
1: put great. makeup on i couldn't put makeup on and so it's sometimes they like, really the, the, do work for put, that they absolutely do
0: was it your My hair you put on me in the sbs because i was like i forgot yeah. earrings
1: <laughs> always yeah. wear hoops always always wear hoops
0: but um, don't t- sit here and tell me that i'm a star i don't understand what any of that means uh, you are the star now, here to me
1: no but like you um you you paved the way for a lot of people to be themselves and to be funny and you you like have this your own lane um that a lot of people like wanted to do but you did it and so anyways i watched that like like granted like you know one of the things that really got me into expanding how I viewed sports media was like Sports Nation and watching Michelle Beadle and Colin, like that show, that first ideation of Sports Nation is iconic, I think. It would just, you know, but you were doing, you were doing your YouTube, um, videos around, like at that same time, if not before that, I'm not, I, I don't know the, I don't it was know at the, the time. Same, it was,
0: it was, yeah, it was around the same time. Yeah. Cause I remember editing my YouTube videos for my old stuff, watching Sports Nation. So yeah, that was around the same time.
1: So seeing you and Beatle, like just kind of blossom um, in your own lanes. It just, I just think it like, like just bulldoze this whole new air, like part of sports media that I don't think anyone had ever done before. And it was two women doing it, you know? And I just, I just remember um, being so captivated by your ability and Beatles ability to just like, to be funny, to be authentic and to be off the cuff. And, And while I was like, really in my own, and I'm sorry if you get like, uh, I'm not really even a, a astrology person, but like in my perfectionist, like Virgo head, just like wanting to say everything perfectly, crying during stand-ups because I couldn't remember like what I had written out. And so I was oh, like man. trying to I memorize look, things.
0: I tried to be, uh, they had me do sideline reporting, essentially for the women's national soccer team when they won, when the World Cup was in Canada. I'm bad at years, but I want to say it was 20... 20- 15? I don't know, Cass. I, Doesn't matter, I honestly. Uh, they had me do their victory parade and do the like, I'm here at the victory parade in New York. And I was like, I did two hits. Uh, the second one, couldn't hear anything. I was live on TV. There's a hit of me going, am I on? I can't hear anything. (laughs) And then afterwards I said, I never want to do that again. And I have so much respect for anybody that does live hits at live events because I was doing the same thing. I was writing down, I was like getting quotes from people and writing them down. And then when the camera was on, I was like, I have to look down. I have to look down at this paper. I wrote quotes. I can't remember anything. So I don't know how you do it. It's a very difficult job and a skill I do not have.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 still don't know how I do like some things. And I feel like I've developed some bad crutches in this quarantine period because there's no fans around. I'm yeah. not moving as much as I used to be, you know, around the crowd, like having to manage my time. Like I'm now just kind of stationary at my desk. I write my notes down and, you know, like, I'm just looking into a, a camera for all my interviews. So I hope like I can get out of these bad habits that I'm kind of like leaning on to um, get me through some of my hits or some of my um, interviews. So, you know, it's good to see some fans back. I hope, I hope you know, in the playoffs we see more, but um, I, I, don't, I don't see, I think one of the hardest things is like for people to rip off the bandaid, you know, like yeah. I'm seeing it in New York right now walking around. I've been. I'm not gonna lie. I've been a little bit of a COVID police. Like I'm, you know, I've n- not. I- I've been very, um, like, need to wear your mask as you should. Yep. And then I would like look at people while I'm walking by who weren't wearing their mask, or I get, I get really mad. Like, because I live by the water, um, fortunate enough, and there's a the running path, and I'd get so mad at people who would think and this was like months ago, when like you know there was no vaccine. Yeah. Who would think because they choose to go running that there's a force field around them mm-hmm. that they don't have to wear their mask? Now, granted, like we all just didn't know enough, and now the CDC says it's it's pretty hard for. COVID to be transmitted outside blah, blah blah so I've like I've relaxed a little bit now that I know I just now also want to
0: say I guarantee when she says she would get really mad she means in her head I don't think oh you're yeah, going yeah outside, I'm you're not like, going up to people mascot, yeah, no, no, boy, it's no. not, you're not exempt no yes but
1: I, I would well sometimes I would like talk loudly to my Uh-oh. husband you know About like them. so they could hear God, so they yeah. could hear
0: <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I just wanted because there were people that would go out and yell about Max. I know. So I no, no, just I wouldn't clarify for the I, record, I, I wouldn't do that. Yell at anybody. I wouldn't do that. Definitely but, that you in your head, and people yes. probably thought that she looked happy and kind because that's just. Yes. Yeah, I think there's this, uh I think, you know, we all kind of didn't,
1: we all like were grasping at
0: whatever. We didn't know.
1: We still we don't, don't know. really
0: know. We Every still don't know. I see a new article that's like, we were wrong about this. I and know. It's like, and so we're all
1: just kind of like, uh, I don't want to say virtue single, uh, signaling. I, I want to say like, we're just, we're just trying to have some control. And yes. so then like sometimes and like let out some anger for, you know, being isolated. Anyways, I say all that because, um, you know, now that the CDC says you don't have to wear masks outside, like I am walking outside and I can't like, I don't know whether it's like a mental thing now that I know I d- don't need to wear a mask when I'm outside. I like can't breathe in my mask <laughs> outside, oh, so I pull it so down. Funny. But in New York, like people are still walking and maybe a lot of these people aren't vaccinated. Um, and then I feel like I'm getting looks, like and maybe I'm internalizing, like I'm like an anti-masker. But I'm like, no, yeah. I'm outside. It's almost like I want to wear like a scarlet <laughs> letter a shirt that
0: says they like say I'm okay. vaccinated. <laughs> I said
1: said it's okay. Right. So uh, back to the NBA, like I think it's going to be, you know, I don't know when they're going to pull back all of these rules they put in place, especially since we keep seeing like every, you know, two weeks, oh, three more people have, you know, contracted yeah. COVID nineteen and, um. You know, there was even a Warriors player who got COVID. You know, after a month, a month after his second vaccine shot. Wow,
0: that's that. Um, So I, I actually
1: like I don't want to. I mean, I, it was a public story, but it's um, it's one of those things. Where you're like, oh,
0: That's yeah, uh. So
1: I, yeah. I don't think the NBA is going to pull back, but it, it has been hard for a lot of us. You know, doing our job completely differently, like having the analysts and play-by-play people at home. Um, not being able to see like they're like looking down at their notes or like there's a delay on the screen as they're yeah. like calling action and then I'm the only one there and it's you know what it's been that
0: like what's that like being the only person that isn't like a professional athlete in the room yeah. for a professional basketball game
1: it's been weird but i think i got a lot of prep for that type of um environment when i was in the bubble you yeah. know like it was it like that was really strange to have like playoff games and say like after you know luca hit that huge game-winning shot and then as soon as my um interview with him was done silence all the music turns off all the pumped and crowded noise like you know people are gone by then that was very like jarring um at first so the transition to this season you know has been um not as jarring because like that bubble situation was just like you know, this season on steroids because it was like the same. It was like a Groundhog Day, but like really on a smaller scale. Yeah. And I was able to like be around players. Me not be having any interaction with players. Just like I'm kind of just like I'm showing up to Bristol and sitting at my desk yeah. and like doing a show. Um, so you know, it's. I think the hardest thing was the transition to when people were coming into the arenas and. Yeah trying to feel safe and trying to figure out like each, because each arena had different, has different like COVID protocols.
0: That's so much to keep track of.
1: Yeah. And then like, usually you, you know, I would have a producer with me and, you know, kind of like people holding my hand, like, you know, um, the play by play or um, analysts, we would all kind of like drive over together and we'd figure out where we need to be and where we need to go. And now it was, it was really just me on my own, For most of the, most of the year. Like we're just starting to get play by play and analysts back on the road with us. So man, that's crazy. Yeah. I know. Heading into the playoffs, but it's like kind of crazy too, because I'm still interviewing people. So I say all this, like to go back to, it's going to be hard to kind of rip the bandaid off and transition back to quote unquote normal life because we put in so many different rules in place. And it's like, you know, there's so many reports of you know, it's, it's okay to do it and maybe we shouldn't do it enough. And then with the NBA, they just kind of want to like get to the finish line. Um, I just think like, it's going to be hard. I, you know, I'm, I had some conversations with people with the league. I go, you know, is it, is it possible for me to even just like kind of go down to, like court level at least. Um, So they, I could, you know, have eye contact with these players as opposed to them just looking into a camera that's like in the second story, um, like how they did in the NFL. I mean, you have in some arenas, they have people on the floor. So like, what's the difference? Um, But I just think it's just like, you know this has been working so let's just keep yeah. it this way for a yeah, while yeah a lot
0: of that also probably a little bit of like optics as they might just yeah. be like might as well keep it how it is but that i get it look for somebody who's been trying to launch a interview segment for her podcast and all of it has been digital it's just different yeah. when you can't see somebody or when you can't exactly get closer to somebody yeah it's it's not as easy but i think it'll make you i mean look i think you'll look back at this year and be like i got better at certain things because i was limited by the yeah. environment and a g- global pandemic which hopefully we won't see again for a really long time. I know. Yeah, and it's hard to be a reporter when you actually don't have
1: any access like yeah. one-on-one. I mean, go figure, huh? You know, like I don't have it's it's um it's like normally I would go you know to a shoot around, and I'd get to pull guys aside and have a conversation with them, but now, like every team does it differently too like mm-hmm. that's another thing there's so many different like ways that people are handling um or have changed this this the way we do things like for instance some 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 teams set up a zoom um and they choose who talks after a game or whatever mm. which Normally, like, like, you know, media would put in requests right? Um, and then they will cut off, you know, they will mute your mic after you ask a question, mm. which means you can't have a follow up, you know, or like, right. or like, and then you can't, and then they'll cut off the questioning um, and not allow you to ask the second question. So this all, it's just like a, it's a weird thing and you have to, or you have to put in your, raise your hand before they get oh, there. Oh, like, I'm boom
0: like raise your hand. And
1: I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you have to raise your hand. You know? And I'm like, I, I don't know what question I'm going to ask yet. You know, I want to hear his response and I want to, I want to follow up on that, you know, mm. like, um, but it, it's just, it's, it's a small little thing, but like when you're a reporter and you're trying to gather storylines and, you know, um, kind of develop like relationships with these players, especially, you know, for me where I have to interview them post-game, a lot of the post-game is about like comfort level and mm. um, trying to, you know, get, get the most authentic reaction, you know, after their competition. Whereas like, you know, on the podium, it's a little bit different. They like to shower. They kind of had some time to think about it. Like, so it's hard, you know, to get that type of reaction sometimes when you're on a, when you're on a headset and they don't even see you. So like, yeah. maybe There's the player knows. Somebody tell them that it's you. Yeah. But who knows if they know who I am, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but they may know my face. Maybe right. they, don't my, they don't know my name. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's my little rant of like, uh, just small things that have changed that I hope don't stay the same, you know? Yeah. Cause, could cause you see- could
0: see it as a moment where it's like, Oh, we liked having this much control over the access yes. that reporters had to our players. And yes. you're like, yeah, no, that was a byproduct of something, but right. we we're not keeping it that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the fact that like I can tune into a press conference um, or a media session, like from home. Yeah. Um. You know, like I don't need to like make sure I'm in Portland Um. For- you know, uh, for the shoot around, like I can watch it on zoom or watch it from my hotel or whatever. But I just think like, it's, it's hard to kind of cover. I I can see them really, really, um, trying to keep it this way, like only zooms and only control, but hopefully, hopefully things change. Um, (laughs) Hope <laughs> that, that was not the understatement of the, the century.
0: Know, right? No, it's just sweet though, to hear you miss your job. Like you're working mm-hmm. and you still are like, man, I miss it. I miss doing the thing that is what I'm supposed to do because you're very good at it. You're a very good reporter. Uh, well, I think Cassidy. No, it. no, no.
1: I'm not going to say I'm not. I'm just going to say that it's your five, if fi- uh, uh Five for me, six, maybe five or six for me on the sidelines. I had never done sidelines prior to them assigning me to cover the um, NBA.
0: (laughs) Wait, so what? Tell me what that conversation was like. Was it an assignment and then you found out, or was it like, do you want to do sidelines? And then they gave you sidelines.
1: No, it was like, hey, we're canceling NBA tonight and NBA coast to coast. We're going to move you to sidelines.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Man, see, like that just struck fear in me. Because if somebody was like, hey, we're canceling always late and moving you to the sidelines, I'd be like, hey, I'm ill and cannot work. I can't. That's a crazy switch. How did that feel? I mean, I was excited because yeah. I I like
1: I felt really comfortable um on the anchor desk. Like I felt like I was, you know, like You're it, good at it. At the point, at the point that I was um I had done MBA tonight and MBA coast to coast. I was like, it, it was a, it was, I was finally starting to gain confidence. I was finally starting to get my own voice. I was getting out of anchor lady. I was like, I had an identity. I was like bounced around at ESPN, you know, starting at digital host trying to do, go do these meetings with people who would say, well, you're just a digital, you know, talent. Um, I would do like, you know, sports center, Australia and a sports oh, center, like oh Europe. At like three in the morning, I would be, you know, all of these things that like I, I was trying to convince people that like I could do TV while also trying to convince myself I could do yeah. TV. Um, and then Bruce Bernstein, um, who was a CP at um, ESPN, been there for, you know, over 30 years, he gave me a shot to host NBA Tonight. And, you know, covering the NBA growing up in Chicago or Chicago area, um, you know, being a Bulls fan, like the NBA was the sport that I um, loved the most growing up. And so to be able to like host that show and kind of develop it. And it was during the time where basically like NBA Twitter was really starting to gain steam. Mm. And that's like how I kind of, you know, built up in, uh, like a, a following with the the show because I would combine it. I would watch NBA Twitter you know, every night with my producer while watching the games. And I would, you know, talk about trying to find a way to bring whatever the conversation was on NBA Twitter to our show. And it was just like a a way that like, I kind of grew with, with my digital experience and my social experience, and then trying to bring it over to TV, which has been like a big part of my identity or journey, if you will. And so like those three... To four years on that desk, I just grew more and more of a um pause. What's wrong? No one has sympathy for allergies. <laughs> <Not either. laughs> I do. I have no. sympathy. No, no, no like you. Like like I, uh, cold. You know, sucks. Yeah, but allergies are worse because they but just kind, kind of like cold. hang. They hang over your head, and mm-hmm. then like when you say like, "Oh, I have allergies," they're like, "Oh, suck it." Up, but if yeah. you say yeah, you have, right. co- you have a cold. You're totally I'm right. Oh
0: my god! I'm leaving this I'll in because chicken. you're absolutely right. It needs to be said. People need to be more sympathetic to people with allergies. I'm just saying,
1: like, because it just hits you, and then I just have this like cloud over my head, and I just I hate allergy medicine because it makes makes you feel, drowsy. It, but it's a bad drowsy. Um, it's like a, it's a dizzy.
0: Have you tried so anyways, the one that you take at night and then it lasts 24 hours? It's supposed to make you less drowsy because the drowsy hits you and you go to sleep and then you wake up and it's supposed to keep working, but I don't know if it still does.
1: Oh, well, I'll look into it. Okay. I mean, send it to you. I, or I should try to get some, you know, people always tell you, get some local honey. I
0: mean, you what is that? that? <laughs> is that real?
1: Does that
0: still work? I hear that constantly. You know what you need? Local-, local honey. What do, I, what, do I walk into a grocery I'm store in New and say, York can City. I get some local honey? What? I mean I'm sure it exists but at the same time where is it? If it's not in an app that like delivers it every day to my house then I don't know where to find it. God I'm yeah. the worst. No, it's true. Like uh, also,
1: also
0: also you I travel. Don't... So local honey you have to eat honey everywhere you go.
1: Right. But I also didn't have allergies until like my 30s. And yeah, I've heard that. You know what? They should they should teach a class in school about yeah. hey, guess what kids? Allergies. Your 30s? No, oh,
0: your yeah. 30s? In your 30s, you're going you're gonna to gain it goes weight. goes downhill. In, <laughs> you're going to gain weight in places you never had trouble with yes. before. Uh, suddenly, most times when you pee, it's more of an emergency than it used to be. You can't drink like you used to. It's nope. going to last for a hangover. 24 hours. You get to spend yes. the whole day being hungover, which is a real yeah. treat. Yeah, Your metabolism, I think I kind of already said, slows down. Your your, knees, your your back, your knees knees knees. are just things that ache now. They used to be things that you could forget about throughout the course of a day, but now your back and your knees are a main character in every day that you have. Absolutely. Because at some point they go, and you're like, what's that? Is that a serious problem? Do I have to worry about my knee or is it going to be fine? Mm And that's why I say like, and that's why I say it has to be on your 30s. Because the, yep. the
1: 40 year olds who are listening to this pod right now, they're like rolling their eyes because they've, you know, they've experienced like, their worse. 30s. It gets yeah. worse. But they've experienced their thir- 30s, they've come to grips with it, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. The 30s is like the coming to grips with the fact that you're yeah. washed now. Coming is to a real thing. all of
0: it. This, it's I a real thing. Your 20s, and this is probably different than it was for our parents cuz generation shift or whatever, your 20s were where you thought you were invincible and you tried a little bit of everything oh, yeah. and any right. weakness you had you're like that I can make that a strength in your 30s you realize okay you're pretty much locked in the things you're bad at you're gonna stay bad at let's find a new way to try to accomplish the goal that you can't do that way so for me it's like I'm messy I gotta accept that I'm messy how (laughs) can I fix my life so that I can be less messy instead of Mm -hmm. beating myself up for being messy all the time so your 30s is just accepting that you suck and figuring out how to make it work anyway yes yes
1: I don't know why I'm trying to think of that line that Carrie Bradshaw said in the Sex in the City movie. Oh, goodness. Which one? Some horses
0: 40- are just meant to run free. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. In your
1: 30s and your 40s or the pay for the drink. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Well, I'll Google, Google it. Google I'm it. sure
0: it's wise. <laughs> Some of those quotes do have a bit of wisdom in them. But so wait, uh, so you're hosting NBA tonight or Coast to Coast and they- Yeah, both of those shows. And,
1: and then I moved to Sidelines and my first ever Sideline Assignment- was a spurs game
0: no Mm -hmm. no but it was but it was
1: christmas day so i at least doesn't really matter
0: to pop does it how was he
1: i had at least an out you know because i like made it kind of cutesy Mm
0: -hmm. the problem
1: was that like you know he he's fantastic in the pre um game meetings so we mm-hmm. so before every game we get to talk to the coaches the, the the broadcast crew that is now it's a zoom um where they give us like 20 minutes of their time they tell us like what's going on with their team some of it on the record some of them off the record and pop has always been so generous with his time with the information he shares um you know he's like so friendly but obviously like for a couple years because i think these last two two years when he does these interviews like I think he he realizes it. and I don't know you know if he if it's something about like there was just too much ev- like evil and hatred like going around in our country that like he you know softened wanted to make sure that bit. yeah he softened yeah. up a little bit um and like took those interviews a little bit more seriously but like there you know there was a lot a lot of time like you know Doris has talked about it publicly where it just Oh man, he would just, the, his body language, which, you know, which just wasn't, I don't think, very kind. He would, the way he would, like, be so exasperated at, like, the stupidity of the question. And Oof, I think it was more hurt. of a, that would hurt. It's more, it's more of, like, a, um, you know, just a, a protest against the league. Like, I, I don't think he really had, like, an issue with, you know, me or, or Doris or um, Lisa or whatever. It's about the fact that, like, I don't think we should be doing these. Like it it was well known that him, um, and Stern like had it out on a lot of these, you know, in-game interviews and I'll tell you, no one likes to do them, but it's access. So unless we get something else, because there are moments where we do get good little nuggets from these coaches. Um, and it, it, like, this is part of the game. It's, um, it's like, it's a, you know, like you're, it's part of your job. Yeah. It's part of your job
0: where the money is. It's like all the, it's part of the economy and the ecosystem. You have to let it be right. what it is. And, and, and we don't like, it. we don't like doing it either. Cause you're so limited in what you can ask yeah. because
1: you can not ask a coach strategy, you know, they're not going to give that away. So like actually pop told me that day like there's only two things I really want to ask what did you like and what do you want to change <laughs> you know going forward yeah. like what did you like about that quarter and what do you want to you know what do you guys need to improve on so basically if you listen to every single reporter's questions unless there's like a big like um injury or some sort of like um uh, like big storyline like over the the game um it's it's typically like hey defensively what did you like about your pressure against def curry um which and then in that first quarter going forward yeah. you know offensively like what type of um shot selection are you looking for blah blah, blah. You know, it's all kind of like look that. back so look none back, of us look like back, look forward yeah it's not it, like it I, it's not i it's the least my least favorite thing to do um mm. of, of the job but it is I think it's still an important thing because even if they don't say anything, showing that type of mood, you know, um, it, like is, is, is sharing a story too. So yeah. anyways, back to pop, that was what he said to me. And then the, this was, I, was the
0: first day, the first game, that's what he first said. First game. Yeah. He, yeah. Because I had, I was doing the
1: game with PJ Carlesimo and I don't know if you know, PJ, but like, he, you know, obviously he was, he was an assistant of pops back in the day. And so like he, and me and PJ worked on NBA tonight a lot. And so like, he like made the connection. And so pop kind of opened up there. But the thing is, is that it was after the first quarter, which with pop is, is, um, a lot better because if it was the third quarter, like that's when coaches get really upset because obviously they have one more quarter to win the game first mm. quarter. They're like, okay. Um, but they were losing and mm, tell you cool. it was mad. And so I just I I like when he came over, so nervous, I go, so what did you like about what you guys did in that first quarter? No, no. And he goes, pick and roll defense, which is an answer. Sure. You know, honestly, I don't like as long as I don't care about one-word answers if you answer my question. Um, and then I said, and then I go, Well, since it's Christmas. Good, good, strong. (laughs) Um, we wanted to give you a gift, and as your gift, I'm only asking you one question.
0: And so at that!
1: And so he said, "Thank you." Did <laughs> he he smile a little. Did you get a little? A smile? little tiny smile. A little tiny smile. That's a so, huge win. But, but if it were regular, not,
0: don't blow past the fact that your first game of this new job was Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yes, because they needed more reporters. <sighs> wow! And you Christmas did it. Christmas Day. That worked, yes. ethic.
1: And it was like a uh, Christmas Day Spurs Rockets. Like a big, you know, was big like game. at the time it was a big game. The Spurs big were game. still like Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Spurs. Um, anyways, so that was uh, that
0: was crazy. What's the most like awkward moment that you can remember? Because to me, the hardest thing about that job would be the like moment where they don't hear you or something, and then you're like, oh, I said this, and you repeat yourself, and they still don't hear you, and you're like. I want to die. This is so, I just picture interviewing, grabbing somebody in the middle of that much of like a heightened emotion moment where they're focused on something else, getting their attention on you must be so hard. And I feel like I would just be embarrassed all the time.
1: Yeah. It's really hard, especially like, you know, back pre COVID, I would um, you kind of have to chase people down Mm -hmm. and you know how the league is right now, everybody's best friends. And so like they're doing a bunch of hugging and dapping and I'm like, and I'm having to like touch them and grab them and pull them. And I'm like, Mike, Mike flag in their face. Like, but that I'm trying to think a post game has been pretty, I've had, you know, I haven't had a lot of like, um, awkward interactions, mostly with coaches. Um, you know, well this year I had a situation. Oh God. (laughs) Cause I, you know, I, like, I try to, I, something, I'm a huge NBA fan. And I mm-hmm. think that's what's helped me continue to have a career um, covering the NBA, even if I'm not, you know, the most poised and perfect person Shut on here. Shut No, it's because I have passion for it. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm complimenting, yes, complimenting myself. complimenting yourself. Um, and I think people can see and appreciate that I'm a fan and, you know, I love the game and, you know, I know the game in that regard. Um, so I just... Um, the the hardest thing w- with coaches is you know when we have those pre pre pre-game meetings mm-hmm. like sometimes coaches say things are off the record and sometimes coaches they don't and yeah. you're supposed to kind of know you know like that's kind of like reporting 101 sure. like you hold things um because if you empty your um clip then like it, it it's all a game of like Gaining trust, gaining respect um, while also doing your job. So, um, you know, and like following up and making sure that like, all right, can I report this? Is this on record? And, you know, sometimes if you you just choose to go with it, then that's like you, you deal with the consequences of things that are said. Right. But someone who had never been a reporter before this, I was a house cat. I only hosted before, <laughs> like I did one game, one sidelines prior to doing the MBA. Oh my god. For the Big Ten network. Oh my covering, god. Covering I went and did Penn State basketball, where I actually crawled what? into the huddle of uh, like during the games. I didn't know any better. I went into the huddle and the coach looked at me and was like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> Get <laughs> Get report. out of my, I'm, I'm reporting. <laughs> I'm reporting. Oh my god. I'm reporting. Because <laughs> I didn't know what no one told me what to do. They just hired me freelance. They're like, god, oh, you that's can terrifying. sign on. <laughs> no one told told me what to do. No one. And so I just like. Crawled into. A, they were on the court. It's not even like they were
0: like on. I went onto the court. <laughs> <laughs> Is there footage? I wonder if there's footage. No, there's just be. walking into this huddle. Like, sup? What are we doing? How's it so kind of- <laughs> What are we doing? It was like twenty-two. Oh my oh, god! Awful. That's so
1: funny. Um. Okay. So. I just see, this is mom brain. Where
0: was I going? You were like the only game you've done before that was that game. So never. it's an NBA game. Okay. So I'm learning how to be a reporter too. Okay. Cause like I just spent the, like the last
1: seven years learning how to be an anchor at ESPN, you know, like learning how to to learning how to figuring it out. And then all of a sudden they're like, go try this now. Yeah. Yeah. Remember everything you learned about mastering EMPS? EMPS You're never going to, you're never going to use that again. (laughs) <laughs> you're never going to use that again. Um, anyway, so like there was a, a I'm not going to name the coach, but there's a coach who's, you know, very candid. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the great coaches to, to deal with. He shared some strategy during the pre, um, show meeting mm-hmm. and, uh, I, love- I, I mentioned said strategy uh, mm. In the first part of my question, to sound smart, okay. like you said,
0: you were going to hedge onto Dana Lillard. This was the question um, you were asking in the game on the broadcast. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oof.
1: Um, Oof. How do you feel like you did in that quarter? Uh huh. And he um, he answered it, but then coming out of halftime, he goes, he pulls me aside, like I was at his, the way that he comes out of the locker room passes by my, my desk. Mm-hmm. He taps me on the shoulder mm-hmm. and he goes, don't you ever reveal my strategy? What I, t- what I say to you guys in those pre um, game meetings should not be shared on, on, and, you know, oh, I'm God. you. And yeah. so you feel it. My whole yeah. body turned to needles. I'm like on the verge of tears. Like oh, this okay. is a, this is one of the like
0: yeah. I would have cried like, and that's not mine
1: but whenever I get yes. in trouble from authority Oh, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry <laughs> because I'm not cuz I was like I messed up. I'm mm. a, like, you know, like I did like I felt like such a um like I felt like such a phony and such a, a rookie, Aww. you know? And it was just like oh, like that I didn't even realize like that strategy. That's what mm. really pissed me the, mo- the most off. That like I was not that I didn't like have the not that I didn't have the knowledge, but that I just like wasn't connected enough in that moment. Like I just I felt like early on I was just trying to like survive. It's that so I true. wasn't
0: You know, I I wasn't slowing down. I'm on the surface. You're trying to remember facts. And it's so much harder to remember things. Yes. so focused on that. It happens to me on HQ still sometimes where I'm so worried about getting facts wrong. Right. But I'm not like sitting in it and going Mm -hmm. deeper and looking around and realizing I know everything I need to say. I don't have to work. Like it's being in command of the situation versus like like, performing the job. Correct. And I still, and so I think this goes back to like uh, the... Where we
1: started this, where I was gonna say you say yeah, I'm good at my job. I honestly just started to feel like I have command of what it is to be a reporter. Mm. Like, and I think and like I always tell people who ask me, you know, like, what do I need to do to in this business? And I hated being told you just need reps, you just need reps. Mm, that's like, true. It just it's it just is it like is. there are some people like Malika Andrews, who like can oh come out God. and be like amazing at 15, Boys. however old she is. Boys. Like, I don't
0: just, and, just and, like and eight. How old is she?
1: I don't know. She's don't 25. No, 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 no,
0: no.
1: no. <laughs> but she's, and she's fantastic. I mean, she's so incredible. Good. I couldn't so root good. for her more. I just, she's so freaking good anyways, but I'm not that person. Right. Um, and so i know and like and this goes back to how i've always been my whole life like to i've just just been someone who who's had to work hard and kind of just like steamroll th- through things so i'm just because i feel like now i kind of have some credibility in the league like players know who i you know who i am because they've seen me cover their games i've yep. had you know I've, I've asked them questions before like um uh, like Yes, like they've. I've done post game interviews with them. They've watched games that I've been on. Like I feel like I've been, you know, they saw me in the bubble, um, and that that goes a long way. I've developed relationships with people. Like I've learned how to say, "Hey, this is on the record," <laughs> you know. Like, mm, you can exp- you can share this with me. This is off the record. Now, I went to journalism school. I right. like in one of the, well, the best journalism school in the I'll country. Say, I gotta, Rachel, I, will I gotta tell you, off. it's the best. So, like you know, um and i graduated at that point 3 years so you sure did. also yeah um but i'm just saying like i i know journalism 101 but it's different when you're just out different nothing, in practice. it's different in practice that's why i did, like you know until until you have that first internship until you're into that in that first newsroom until you're out on you know trying to record your first stand up like i don't care what school like what you read in a book like right. you just until it's practice um and so like five, you know 5 years into this um, I finally feel like I have some credibility i think I think the bubble was was huge um for me to like get to know a lot of the people running the league. um I told you you know before this pod started like the, one of the worst qualities about me is like i just I forget names and faces a lot, and I need to pay attention to that more mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes and that, not, and that is not and that has not gotten better um now that you know I'm a mom um because my, I'm just my head is in 50 different places. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I feel like I'm finally getting a handle on this. new And that's what happened with uh
0: when I was a a host. It was Which like after it's five about years. To change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so Cause you're about oh, to get I, thrown for a loop. I hope not. I hope not. What's um. I'm so curious and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want mm-hmm. to, but I recognize in you like this, you know, work, 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 your work ethic's even crazier than mine. And I, the pandemic was sort of the moment when I got to stop and look back and be like, whoa, I got to here. But I'm, it was like a, a pause for me to, to not be working, which, you know, shocked my system, brought my depression back full swing. But it, it was one of my first stopping periods and it, it put everything into perspective for me. But one of the questions I've been throwing around in my mind as I am 34 now is like, am I gonna do a mom thing or am I not gonna do the mom thing? And I feel like for the last few years when I wasn't paused it was easy for me to just be like, well I can't because I'm busy, I work, I work, I work. And maybe someday there'll be time but right now there isn't. So I'm curious to know how you with that same work ethic that you have with that commitment you have to your job, what was the thought process like for you in terms of like becoming a mom? I mean, it was, um,
1: it was hard. It was, you know, like it was um, really, it still is hard, you know? Um, I, I've been with my husband since I was 20, okay? Damn. So you remember that bad boyfriend? Damn. When I told you, I like, I, I learned into right into his I, arms. I learned every lesson from that bad boyfriend, and then I immediately you know met my now husband. We've been together for oh gosh over over like sixteen years Damn. and Damn. so we were together um you know thirteen years before we decided to have kids um so that's a long time to be you know to like know that this is your this is your family and to know that we wanted to have a family but kept putting it off i mean there are times where me and him lived separately you know when i was working mostly in bristol you know we had a place in new york and i i had a place in in connecticut and i you know would travel back and forth and um try to make it that work try to make it work that way um and so like that kind of like us not living together kind of you know put that put the um extending our family on hold. And then when we finally, you know, when I was allowed to live and work mostly from New York, making the move to reporting actually, uh, you know, kind of changed things for, for me and him, I could like not live in Connecticut. We could have one place who would have thunk like actually live together, (laughs) live
0: together Um, in a place, 14
1: years together We'd live together in the same place. But like, I was scared. Like I will say, you know, I did not handle my pregnancy well at all. Um like you didn't even know I was pregnant. <laughs> no, I'm like that's crazy to I,
0: me because I didn't know. And also I feel like once I, I did I ever know? Did I ever see you pregnant?
1: Um I mean I was around you pregnant. Like I became this, you know, like magician of like it, you know, tricks of hiding my pregnancy. And that's like the biggest regret I have about it. But I, you know, I I I don't I don't think I would have done it any other way because I just didn't know who I was. I like, that's who I was. I wasn't Cassidy a mom while I was pregnant. I was only, you know, me knowing Mm. what it takes to be in this business and you know, what I had accomplished and then um, anxious about like having this baby. And I, you know, had been anxious about having a baby for a long time because I not that I didn't think I could be a good mom, I just, I actually had fully understood what it was gonna take from me, you yeah. know? It was gonna take a lot from me to 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 care for this person. Like, like I told you, you know, I'm not someone who, like if I, if I, if I love you, like I'm in yeah. all the way. And so if I'm gonna create a little version of myself, like <laughs> I just know I'm not gonna be the same person ever again, like, um. And I, you know, it's it's been hard. Like there are times during that pregnancy, like I was physically fine. I didn't have any morning sickness. I didn't have any complications until birth. Like I had, you know, a crazy labor and birth experience. So I'll, you know, I'll hold on to that. I mean, it it's not nothing too crazy. But the hardest thing was mental. You yeah. know, it was the mental part of like, you know being so scared and trying to control the narrative around me. Like I can't show the public that I'm pregnant because if I'm, if I'm pregnant, then they're going to view me as like, I'm not the young digital talent anymore who, you know, they think is like relatable. Um, and so I, you know, went through, I mean, I, I even think my, con- so like also my contract was up. Oh and I, was in- I was interviewing with people like, like hiding my pregnancy. Oh, I remember um, this
0: now. I remember this yeah, now.
1: Yeah. I was in, I was talking to executives, not tell, like I told like the immediate people, you know, that I was pregnant. Um, but you know, I, like I, I, I told cameramen only to shoot me from the shoulders up. I put, you know, laptops in front of me when I was hosting like get up or the jump or um i don't even know what other shows i was hosting during that time like i was so focused on what other people were going to think of my pregnancy and how that was going to impact my career because mentally i was just trying to control everything that i could of this this person who i thought like i was
0: yeah that
1: was about to completely change once Cakesy got here. So, like, I just, that's not her real name, by the way. It like, is. It's her legal there. name. She's just
0: embarrassed to admit it. Her name's Cakesy, and that's what <laughs> she named her, and that's totally fine, and we support it. And so,
1: you know, they're just, I just think about that. You know, I even think about like those people I interviewed with, and like if they're going to ever trust me again because I withheld that information, oh, I, wasn't... I can
0: promise you they don't care. I can promise you. Right. But you just, I just think about that. And I, you know, I try to tell
1: people, like, you know, it is a life changing experience. And, you know, I just wish I would have just embraced my pregnancy a little bit more. Don't um, be too hard publicly. on yourself for
0: that. Don't be too hard on yourself because no. like, everything you're saying, I totally yeah relate to. Like, I remember thinking back when I first, I mean, when I was with my bad boyfriend, uh, he was, um, the type of bad that like, convinced me that I needed to, he was on a timeline and I needed to have kids, Yeah, started to freak me out because I was like, well, I'm not, re- I just got my own television show. I just, it was 2013. I was like, I yep. just got my own show. This is everything I've worked for. Um, and I. it was, I had to think about that while launching my own TV show. And every time I did something on TV where I would drink for a stunt, I remember thinking like, couldn't do this if you were pregnant you couldn't yep. do this if you had a kid and it was you know obviously not the thing I wanted to do for the rest of my career but this constant being conscious of if that happens then who am I Was yep. like it, it's very scary and that yeah. added to the fact that like not only who am I in my job but who am I as a mom and is that the same person and does that have to should it be two different people is is tough that's like a very heavy mental thing to carry and it's and they don't tell that you that you did it and you did it very well
1: well they don't tell you about the hormones either i like mean that it's like you're not even thinking like,
0: straight you're, just you're no, like, no no
1: like when you're not even thinking straight it's like it's man. like a whole nother level i mean i think like when i t- finally told my husband i was pregnant he was he sat me down to confront me about me being like just horrible to him <laughs> he was like we need to have a talk like what's wrong with you um so it was not, not the most romantic ta- revealing. Yeah, romance
0: <laughs> it comes in different forms.
1: Right. So I, it, it was just, it, and then post, post baby, mm. you know, is a whole nother thing. Like I had never had, and I'm, I know I'm about to say a very privileged statement. I had never had anxiety before um, until, you know, postpartum. And I just remember my, you know, I came back. Oh, like that was another thing. I just like, I told people I'm going to come back. I'm going to, you know, like Cakesy was born um, in early December, December 8th, but her due date was, you know, November 30th. And I said, I'll be back Christmas day. That's what mattered. I was so messed up. I had (gasps) like, so I had, I had emergency c sections. I was full on, I was full on, um, Epidural, and I got all of the uh, all of the surgery drugs. And I remember saying to my my doctor, as she's wheeling me in, <laughs> "Am I gonna be okay to work Christmas Day?" Oh, Cassidy, as I'm being wheeled in to an emergency C-section, <laughs> to an emergency C-section. Oh. My like, i have like, yep, uh-huh, because I just like. I don't know if I even really cared, but it was like me just trying to like like hold it all together, to hold it all together and g- like make sure I don't lose this career that I've like worked so hard to 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 have, and that I felt like you know defined me. Um, I actually said like before we got pregnant was like it was it was a great year, like I had like I don't even know how I got all these things, but like I got the ESPYs red carpet, which like, you know, in our industry, like, I bet you, you know, I probably shouldn't say this on, you know, an ESPN podcast, but like no people don't really care about the SBS. Mm. but like internally it's a big assignment, you know, it's like, I, I, like I got the ESPYs red carpet and I, you know, was named a host of an ABC game show, you know, um, and all, in, all, all that, and I was doing NBA sidelines, was doing playoffs. Like I, you know, I, was, I told my husband, I go, this is my peak. I, it's all downhill from here. Like oh, I, this is my peak year. Oh. Um, and then we, and then I got, you know, then we got pregnant and it just was like trying to kind of, you know, control it. And then once, once a, you have a baby, it's like, there's no control yeah at all. and then I was saying, like I'd never had anxiety before, and I remember being in a playoff game and not being able to breathe, like damn, this was actually your Boston fans, so this was the Celtics game against the Sixers when the confetti the confetti came down, yeah, yeah. Um, early, and I just remember like every single time like I couldn't like not not being able to catch my breath, and so i had I was dealing with that ever like God coming back. I ended up coming back like. Two months after I gave myself a two month maternity leave, I didn't come back Christmas Day. Good. Shocker alert. Good. (laughs) I could barely walk by them because I had a C section. Um, But yeah, I say all that to say the best definition of me right now is, um, you know, being a mom. Like, I, you know, I waited a long time and, you know, she is. She, she, parenthood is all of these things. Like it is all of the joy you could possibly feel, while also constantly being paranoid, <laughs> anxious, annoyed, mm. and consumed. But it, like, you hear all these things. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the you know, there you don't know a love like this, mm. and it is like I say that flippantly, but like if you really listen to those words, like there's no other way to say it. But it is fucking hard.
0: it's hard it is like the the job that you have and the platform that you have and the the way that you approach it like how seriously you take it in the sense of like not that you're you know i'm very serious but like you know the value of it you work really hard at it you make sure that you don't say the wrong things on it it's a tough job it's a big ask and to know that your home life isn't not a big ask it's an even bigger ask because you have a young child that you're raising Um, You got a lot on your plate and you handle it remarkably. And I just want to make sure you know that and you hear that from somebody whose opinion I think you trust because you have a lot on your plate and you don't ever make that anyone else's problem. And I think that's um, really amazing of you, but also just know if you ever need somebody to just bleh to, you can always call me. I'm always here.
1: That's why. Always here at my house. (laughs) You're going to be, if you choose to venture into parenthood you are mm. going to be an incredible mom because uh, I
0: don't what know. motherhood
1: takes yes but because your heart beats outside of your chest
0: like yes, but also my clothes beat outside of my drawers on the floor I'm, <laughs> so? like, i have no, no you're
1: halfway it. to motherhood you're halfway to motherhood uh, the problem is grow up in a having, sky. having having an ocd father sorry to my husband if you listen to this but he doesn't so like <laughs> <laughs> but
0: look, he's, he, he's, he's done
1: he's done, done watching though, any yeah. of the things i do oh, I um I,
0: he's the but most supportive no years you've been together at this yes point, like, yes he's no the most supportive husband
1: <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll tune in i'll yes. tune in when you, but um like he's a neat freak like yeah that's half the battle if you're fine with things on the ground mm. you're good okay good
0: all right
1: that's like you're a better situation than I am mm,
0: no I'm an absolute mess can I ask you a question I want to know for me before I let you go because you do yeah. have things to do has did you has LeBron ever brought up how weird we were after the at the SB's after party <laughs> When we went and sat on his couches and Diana ordered vodka cranberries from him, has he ever been like, what? Don't bring those people back to my VIP I'm not going to lie.
1: When you started talking about it on your podcast afterwards,
0: I'm like, oh my God.
1: Oh, (laughs) I hope he doesn't hear this.
0: I knew he wouldn't. LeBron doesn't listen to this podcast.
1: LeBron hears and sees everything.
0: Uh, Well, I hope he hears and sees this. I'm so sorry we came to your party. It wasn't Cassidy's fault. It was not my fault. It was not. Cassidy's fault. But when you said when you went up to him and you were like, "You," I think you said, "You know, Katie, right?" I was like, "No, he does." not Of course, he
1: does. No, yes, he. No, does. he
0: doesn't. He doesn't. He no knows everything. I don't, I don't leave my stupid studio. Like I didn't no. ever go out into the world. He watches
1: it. ESPN. He knows you. Not okay?
0: at two in the morning or whatever time we were That's on. Stop it. No. This is the thing. I'm not like as
1: someone who's been around LeBron a lot, has developed a relationship with LeBron, it still is so crazy to me to see, you know, like, uh, and I'm a Bulls fan. So like, I'm not like one of these, like LeBron, you know, Mm -hmm. stands. He actually got mad at me that I, you know, I voted Giannis instead of him last year, but he got mad at everybody who did. We all saw the press conference, but like, it's, he, it's crazy to watch us like a like a superpower in person like it's this man crazy. sees every, you can t- you can see him it's like he has like one of those like um like Iron Man helmets where he like surveys a whole you yeah. know room and like catalogs it yes. in his head like that's I I can see that happening with him when I'm around him like everything like everything is there it's it's he has um like I don't know if he actually has a a photographic memory, but I'm pretty sure he is the closest thing to it. So he knows you. Um I have never asked him about it because I, I kind of wish that he just like forgot about
0: me you know. Me too. Yeah. But
1: it's mostly die. Like I'm totally I die. To, but me. the thing is,
0: this is the thing about Diana. And I love her and she knows I love her. And I'll say this to her face. She does the things without shame. Eh, but no then shame. the shame you you Comes pull on around us. her gotta hold it. Because yes. I'm like shame. I'm, shame. I wouldn't Ask LeBron. He was like, "You guys need a drink?" And I was gonna just say like, "Oh, thanks. I'll get one. Thank you so much." Yeah. But Diana's like, "Yeah, we'll take a. I'll take a vodka cranberry. What do you want?" (laughs) I'm like, "He's LeBron. He wasn't asking the way your server is asking."
1: Are we on the couch? Him? I'm like, do we yeah. tip him?
0: Well, I don't have any cash on me. I feel <laughs> so weird and uncomfortable. And Diana's like, what? what? Relax. What?
1: whatever. He can stop his uh, conversation with Quavo and, you know, oh. give us a drink. I mean, not that he's not like a human, he's a human being of and course, he's a real person.
0: But, but at for the me, same I mean, time, you guys like, are also used to, I guess, being around uh, that many athletes at once. Usually if I'm around a big athlete, it's they come do my show. They're in the studio with me. It's my house. They can't tell me what to do. And then they leave. But when I go into a room that isn't my room and it's got 17 people I've mostly only seen on TV, I'm like, the only thing I'm thinking is like, they notice me. They're all wondering who I am and why the hell I'm here. And I'm wearing a rented dress and I need to go. <laughs> Is an amazing dress. I you worked that way. But here's the thing with Dine,
1: like that was the price we paid for entrance. Yes. We wouldn't have been in there without her because no one was answering my text messages because oh. they were in there talking, drinking, making their own drinks, talking to Quavo. Um, but if it wasn't for her and her quick wit,
0: I mean, getting us in. And a and- terrible door person who had no idea <laughs> that the women's national team was already inside. Uh, <laughs> what a f- weird night. What remember, a weird night.
1: Re- remember parties?
0: No. I mean, I usually bailed on most of them anyway. I know. I do. Like, <laughs> Honestly, you make me uncomfortable. Like, very just me like too. you're all really cool, and you seem like you like each other. The I'm about just someone gonna who watch. Doesn't
1: like small talk, and then you're yeah. like me do yell small oh. talk. No, it's not my jam. I've never been a party person.
0: Ugh. I mean, I, I they're not. I, it depends, right? Like if they're for something that I'm close to, then they're fun. If there's a DJ and a dance floor, they're fun. I've danced at many an ESPY's ESPN party, whatever that party is right before yes. them, uh, in ways that I bet people would be embarrassed, but not me. Because I was yeah. just like, let's make people <laughs> laugh. I did an interpretive <laughs> dance to close out one of those ESPY's parties that year. That was a fun she year. I, a brought many, I brought many outfits. I had that yeah. white thing. Yes, you... That- Yes, you. I mean, that a different year? Was that the same year? That no, you had the white
1: jumper. I remember.
0: There was like Um, a with a blue purse.
1: Yes, and then we made you. um, We went and got spray tans and looked like oompa loompas. Oh my god!
0: (laughs) Oh my god! Straight oompa
1: loompas, and then you show up with your fair skin. Yeah, haven't seen the
0: sun in years. (laughs) But compared to us, (laughs) it was it was a mess. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's go back outside to things soon-ish. I miss you so much, Cass. It's so nice to see your face. I know. Wait, let's go on a walk. Oh yeah that's, so that's the, yeah. that's the only person I've seen. I was telling you before that I've seen one person in the and last And she lives year. in Jersey. Yeah. She I came woke, and we walked. walked. She told me she doesn't like my dog. What? She said she's she she like, can him. I be honest? I don't like your dog. And I was like, that's she okay. I Mar- don't like you either. She says that's whatever. What she does. She's just mad because Myrtle know, pooped when they hung out, and I had to pick it up. And she's like, "Ew, that's what you do." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's not that weird." You're, you're. Whatever. She has nieces
1: weird. and nephews. She's, she's changed. She the gets it. Yes, yeah,
0: she should understand. But either way, I respect her wishes and let's the three of us go for a walk. Yeah, we can bring the microphone. What?
1: And then make it a
0: podcast. We wouldn't be <laughs> yes. able to air any of it. Any of no. it. Diana, off the record. Nothing. No, Can't put Nothing. Back anywhere. Can't take us anywhere. Anyone.
1: I think a lot of people are confused um, <laughs> well, when you say like i don't make she gets so mad at me because I don't tell anybody sh-. like the fact that I just like talk to you for an hour, I don't up give any updates as a friend mm. um. You have to like pull it out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, maybe, maybe if we do a pod, she'll be very appreciative because then I'll actually tell her things.
0: Yeah. She's also probably going to call me after this one runs and be like, why are you, why'd you get her to say that stuff on podcast? I don't even get her to say that stuff in person. (laughs) Diane, I don't know. I love her. I love you. Um,
1: I love you too. Thank you. I want to meet your dog the best
0: she's so see cool. i know i know it's see, not you are parents no i'm just no, a dog you fan. are a parent
1: honestly i feel like dog parents have to take their child to the to the doctor more than you
0: know oh my god so much vet
1: So So many, so much vet. Like I'm like, I don't have time for
0: that. That's that's a lot. You are a parent. The thought of making a dentist. Oh, you're so sweet. The thought of making a dentist appointment for not me, like for a child, is like I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that.
1: I have to take her to the dentist on Friday, and I'm. I it's a it's a horrible experience. You have to like you have to like hold them and like open their mouth, and as they're like. Geez, what kind of a
0: dentist is this? you think have about to get it. in there with the tools. Think, think to about it. Yourself. Think about it. You have to scrape off all of the plaque of mm. a two-year-old. Mm. I can barely get her to sit in her high chair. Stop mm. it. That'll be fun.
1: You're going to be a great parent whenever that oh, happens. God. If it happens.
0: If it happens. We'll see. If it does, your first call I'm making, I'm like, oh, yes. God, what do I do? <laughs> what do I, I do? I will tell mind? you
1: all the things, and you can choose to do it or not. That's the thing about motherhood. People have a lot of opinions. A
0: lot of opinions on the internet. Yeah don't take all of them you're saying just only the ones that matter that work for you
1: a lot of there's been a lot of babies in in the history of time
0: It's true we were all once babies as a former yes. baby parent however it is. as a, for,
1: as a <laughs> former baby there's a lot of that these kids have that we did not have like mm. i have my daughter in preschool prep she's two what i don't think i went to what's preschool it's a, prep it's a it's a school to get you ready for, for preschool,
0: preschool but preschool is to get you ready for school <laughs> for school oh my god we really it's a bad life is different society is different everything every year something new is changing
1: my mom is just rolling her eyes right now if she's listening. my mom will listen my mom is Hi, my mom, mom listens. listens to everything and that
0: is my mom you it. raised a good kid you did a really good job we love her very much
1: She will appreciate that. Bye.
0: Go. go. I love you. Thank you for doing this. You're the best. Cassidy Hubbard, ladies and gentlemen. It's just me clapping. It's just me. (laughs) And now it's just me like it's just me. Cassidy's gone. It's time for me to tell you who brought you this podcast and also to say goodbye to you. But uh, that is it for this week's second edition of Sports. How awesome is Cassidy Hubbard? I know for a little bit there the interview was like, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're great. And I apologize for that. But when Cassidy Hubbard's giving you a compliment, you don't um stop her and cut it out because it feels nice. She's just the most wonderful. She has a great soul and a great heart, and she works so damn hard. So I'm glad that I got to introduce those of you who don't know her very well to her. And those of you who do know her, hopefully you got to know her a little bit better today. She's the best. She's a kind, gentle person doing her best and I feel like those are the people you should root for. So I'm super grateful for her coming on this podcast and uh, and for you guys for letting me show you these people that I love. Um, shout out to, obviously, Cassidy Hubbard, Shout out to Flame Bears, the podcast. And shout out to ESPN Films' latest documentary, 144, executive produced by Chenea Gwumake, who I need to get on this podcast. But again, all these people are so busy. And why would they care to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to ask her. Uh, Anyway, 144 takes viewers inside the WNBA's unprecedented 2020 season. Four months after the WNBA postponed its season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Ever heard of it? The league set out to play a condensed season entirely in a bubble where 144 players across 12 teams not only came together to play basketball, but also to dedicate their season to social justice. Uh, I think we talked about it briefly on this podcast, but what the WNBA did last season was incredible. Obviously what the NBA did as well was incredible as well, but I think the wobble really set the tone for a lot of professional sports uh dealing with this pandemic. And so 144 should be awesome just based on subject matter alone, but also based on the fact that Chnea Gumake is brilliant and smart and funny and cool. Uh I'm really looking forward to uh seeing this so 144 will premiere may 13th that's tonight at 9 p.m eastern if you're listening to this on thursday um 9 p.m eastern on espn it'll also be available on espn plus immediately after it premieres so may 13th tonight at 9 p.m eastern on espn or later on espn plus after it's over that's 144 the new what are you looking at you're so cute i'm in the middle of something i'll be done in a second my dog is so cute uh, big thanks to you guys for listening now and you know again later on a different streaming service or two um it's my brain reminding me that I need to book who we're going to do next week because I wanted to be able to tease them here but I can't because I don't know yet I want to get Woj but he's busy (laughs) I want to get Chanae uh we got to get Maria Taylor at some point Diana Rossini at some point Marcus Spears maybe I'll hit him up and see if he's busy next week uh, but keep coming with the, uh, the you guys giving me recommendations has been very, very helpful. It's it's the reaching out and the begging that I don't like doing. But once they're here, um, man, do I love this. It's so fun to talk to people about themselves. It's fascinating. And there's like so much to learn from people that, okay, stop talking. Um I already told you to listen to it twice. You could also leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which, by the way, we read and we love them. Mostly Travis reads them and loves them. And if you're wondering why Travis isn't here right now, it's not because he's ashamed of his selfie, which I do think we should bring up next podcast. It didn't count. He had a mask on. But he's not here because that COVID shot wiped him out. And I told him to sleep if he needed to, because I can handle these ones by myself. But that's why he's not here for our lovely little friendly banter. But he did find a review for me, like this one from The Ghost Mom awesome name that says this podcast is basically about three things one laughs two being yourself and three thinking critically about stuff excellent we'll listen always hey i love that review i think we are about laughs being yourself and thinking crit- that like thank you for summing us up i feel so seen uh and lastly don't forget you can always leave up a voicemail at 860-506-5571 that reminds me ashley has not yet called me back I gotta text her. Uh, say goodbye, Trav- What, Katie? That was the most Ron Burgundy thing I've ever done. I went back to the script and it said, Say goodbye, Travis. And I said it. Right after telling you that (laughs) he's- Um, say goodbye, Myrtle. No? Okay. Bye. Love you. Mean it.